Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Virtue Signal. I'm Bill Whittle with my friend Alfonso Rachel, where we try and talk about some of the morality and philosophy and other cool things that are kind of below the surface of the political scene out there today. Uh, Zoe, here's one that's going to be right up your alley. Uh, you know, there's an old saying, music hath charms to soothe the savage breast. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. Yeah. That, that, now, that was written before modern music, which hath charms to inflame the savage breast. But nevertheless... Um, music is, is a form of communication that goes directly to the emotional center, goes right past your cerebral cortex, it's like movies and plays, but it's e even some, uh, on, a, on a level much more, much more fundamental than that. It goes directly to your emotional core. Mm. Music has the ability to move you in ways that nothing else really can. If you've ever seen a movie as an experiment without the musical score, you simply won't believe it's the same movie. Mm -hmm. You just won't. And of all the times, just as an example, before I get to the question, personally for me, of all the times that music has hit me the hardest in the movies was that very first moment in Jurassic Park where they where they turn around and see the brontosaurus and these strings coming, da-da-da, da-da-da. And I've got that track on my iPhone and I listened to it a couple days ago. It still makes me cry. It's just the wonder, you know, just the wonder of it, the majesty goes straight to your brain. So with that said, if we look at, you know, the, the music kids listen today, it's all just noise. Now, I understand <laughs> that in the 40s, and rock and roll must have looked like the music of savages. I get that. And coming off the big band era, and I'm sure the big band looked like the music of savages to people who came from mm. orchestras. Oh, I, I get all of it. But if you were to simply take the musical tracks, the notes of any, especially like modern dance music and stuff, the stuff I have to listen to while I'm sitting at my chicken wings restaurant, if you just take the score, mm. that's all, just take the score, take the music out of it, what we've seen is we've seen music become simpler to some degree that was good and you know but but then it became it became almost it's almost not music now you know i mean i'm not trying to come down on on rap or anything but if you're not singing mm. and you're basically making some kind of puerile rhymes and the entire track is it's just a, just a, it's just a, a drum track mm. right do you think that the that the de-evolution of musical complexity, I'm not talking about taste, I'm talking about musical complexity, has anything to do with our society? Because if you look, if you look at the score to a Cardi B song, if you put it down on, on a piece of paper, and you compare that to, uh, well, just two of my favorites, Scott Joplin or Thelonious Monk, for example, their page looks like poetry. This looks like it's, you know, it's a family show. <laughs> What do you think? Well, you know, with with music, um, arguably, from from my perspective, music uh, definitely takes two elements, uh, and and they don't necessarily have to be together. But essentially, to have music, you need two elements. You need uh, one or you know, ne neither one of them are are come first as far as I'm concerned. It's either going to be rhythm, and it's going to be melody. You're going to need those two factors. Uh, it's nice when they work together, but you don't have to have a song that has to have a melody. It can have simply a rhythm. Or you can have a, a song that has a melody, but even in order for... Even the melody is going to be dependent on a rhythm. Like if you're going to sing to it or something like that, mm -hmm. it's going to be rhythm dependent. 
even if it has fluctuating time signature or anything like that or tempo changes, it's going to be dependent on a rhythm. Rhythm, on the other hand, is not dependent necessarily on a melody. But it's great when those two things can be together so you can produce this kind of effect and you want to have a chorus, you want to have people to sing along and all that sort of stuff. Um, with this, with today's music, and, and people said that, you know, uh, in generations ago, you know, today's music, it's difficult for maybe people from another generation to relate to the generation now. Uh, and it's all built on something else. Today's music, um, it's so, and, and let me, if I could say this really quick, Bill, a lot of the musicianship that goes into music, a lot of it is electronic and it's processed and stuff like that. But however, there are some amazing musicians out there. No question. You know, I'm, 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 I'm talking about generally, but yeah. no question about that. Yes, absolutely. But the, here's, but this is almost like the problem of it though. It's almost like amazing has become mediocre because you can, you can find so many amazing musicians. Now it's like amazing has just become blase. It's like, oh, there's another amazing musician. Oh, there's, it's almost like, it's like, now, it's almost like with this amazing generation of musicians, it's very difficult for a person to find their voice. And it's making all the music sound the same. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's a that's a really sad thing. You know, people out there, they're trying to get competitive and get all the chops and play all the licks that they can and study all the theory and commercialism of music and stuff like that, only to produce something that just sounds the same. Um, so that's unfortunate. And and it's almost like now, what do you do with music? Well, let's let's be as lewd as we can be. Let's be as shocking as we can this be. This is where I wanted to go to yeah. because the because the lyrics, honestly, mm. folks, you you think you have an idea, but you you mm. really don't have any any idea what what is being broadcast right. over the radio and what people are listening to out loud. You would it would curl your toes. Yeah, it's it's ugly, man, and it's it's a it's ugly. Yeah. that's the word I'm looking for. It's ugly. Mm. All of the I'm, I'm look. Let me just get this out of the way, okay? Mm. I understand I understand right now that this is one thing that every generation has said of the next generation since there's been generations. I get mm. it. I sound like – this was from a, a, a book I loved. I sound like some flinty old <laughs> Israelite sergeant saying, oh, you with your horns, Jericho's walls were good enough for us. We used to go at them with stone axes, you with your modern horns and everything. But I get it. I do. I really do. I do get it. And And yet – and yet – if I listen to what's actually been out there for the last several, four, five, six years, there is less and less beauty to it. It's not a question of taste. It's not a question of, of, of familiarity. There is very little beauty. There's not much beautiful music being written anymore. And if you look back to the, to the arrival of like the great Satan himself, you know, Elvis Presley, who was the end of the world. <laughs> Uh -huh. the, 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 his songs are, oh, he, but though, there's a lot of, of genuine beauty. And I don't mean just, I don't mean just performance beauty. And I don't mean just musical score. There's a lot of beautiful sentiments in that. And, and again, I keep coming back to this, to these kind of, some of these dance tracks that, that I'm hearing today. It's not just not beautiful and it's not just not music. It is, it's poison. It's just, it it's poison mm -hmm. in a way that, that Elvis wasn't in a way that the Sex Pistols wasn't in the way that, you know, all of it. Nirvana, I mean, you know, Come As You Are is, uh, or is that Smells Like Teen Spirit? I can never remember the name of the song. That was a big hit. Just put, mm. Thank mm. you. But that those lyrics, you know, those Come As You Are lyrics are depressing and they're mm -hmm. and they're sung in a depressing way but they're but they're still there's a beauty there you know yeah. there's a there's a there's a thought there yeah. there's a he's he, Kurt Cobain is trying to get some he's trying to get to something he's trying to get to what he's feeling right at this moment you know mm -hmm. and he does 
And he does. He, he captures this emotion. And if you listen to the stuff that's out there now, a lot of it's great. Like Uptown Funk and stuff. We just did a show about that. It's, but, but most of the stuff is not, it's not complex. It's not beautiful. And it's not really about anything other than booties. <laughs> and, and I think this is having a bad effect. Um, no. Um, well, we won't. We won't t- turn the show towards you know the the uh, the beauty of, of booty um, you know because some the, people I mean, I mean, <laughs> let's not be misunderstood the shape, about this you know we admire the shape of, of women but you know we know where to draw the line and where it beca- becomes right. something else uh, but at any rate you know a lot of these themes you know where it's not complex you know a lot of folks they're attracted to this kind of music because as far as they're concerned that just reflects what the world is they want this this now you're yeah. on it now you're yes. on it yeah we we want something that gets down to the raw and what's real and stuff like that while a lot of times these people are trying to escape reality it's it's a, it's a weird kind of thing so it's this dichotomy or this this paradox in what it is that they really think that they appreciate and we just want to get down to the bare essence we want to have a good time we want to feel justified we want to be surrounded by people with their drinks in the air with the singer telling us that it's okay to just live out loud and live wild and and give in to our primal desires and stuff like that. We want to be justified in this because we don't want to feel like we got to hide and we're the only ones who are doing it. We want to have a, just a celebration of hedonism and stuff like that. And and that's what a lot of this stuff appeals to. And nothing's complicated about that. So the music itself is going to reflect that. When we have these singers, you know, who sing things like Come As You Are, you can see that there's, there's some poetry going on in there. There's real poetry yeah, there. The problem with it is that okay you've related to this this angst that i may feel or this feel of needing to be acceptance while i tell people that i don't care what they think about me and stuff like this well, which one is it man you know so it's all that but none of these things have a resolution to them um so you know like me as a uh, as a person who who writes christian from uh, i mean i'll write music from a bible-based point of view sure we can address the angst like david wrote a whole bunch of songs you want to read some stuff that like gets down to the angst of what's going on David like was like wishing some real ugly stuff. But at the at the same time, he says, look, I know that, Lord, you are my peace. This is our resolution. I'm not just going to present a problem here. We need a solution also. And unfortunately, we have a, a culture that wants to just wallow in the problem. We want to hear lyrics where people can relate to our problems. OK, that's great. Misery loves company. We all understand that. What's the resolution? Right now, in terms of like, you know, does the Bible, is the Bible anti rock and roll and stuff like that? Heck no. The Lord says, hey, I want you to make new songs. I want you to get down on them strings and on them drums. When God shows up, there's thunder, there's angels, there's blasting music. He likes it loud. David liked to rock out in his draws. Okay. So it's like, you know, the word tells you that. So the Bible will let you know God gave rock and roll to you. But use it in a way where it heals people. Get creative with the imagery. Throw down lyrics that are just full on Smith like a, like a, you know, like you've got a sledgehammer and you've got the iron and you've got the heat. Bring those hard, uh, gutsy lyrics. Do it. But don't use them to promote poison. Heal people, you know? Man, you just, you really need to put out a t shirt that said, God gave us rock and roll, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Right. And on the back, dot, dot, dot. But use it to heal people. Hey, Kiss, yeah. Kiss was on to something, man. Kiss let us know. God, but, you know. No, no, no yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and, and you know, it, it, again, it's like, well, for instance, when, when I'm on a road trip with my wife, she says, well, we can listen to some, you know, some, some music, but you got to promise you're not going to drive any faster because <laughs> most of my stuff's fairly up-tempo and, and I just feel it. And I just... Next thing I know, I'm going 15 miles an hour faster than I was before. Mm. But 
you 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 hit a point that I think is is really kind of at the heart of it, and it's like, and that's that sense of this is real, it's authentic, and and now we come to I think the thing that's really kind of at the heart of this, and and that is how boring life is in this country if you're anywhere other than an inner city street. And I know a lot of people are struggling, and I'm not trying to put any of that down, right? But we live in a world where there's 24-hour entertainment, climate-controlled everything. You know, we, 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 we're never in pain for more than, you know, maybe half an hour, an hour at the most. You know, we're never hungry. Mm. Talk about being starving. We're not, we're never, mm. I've, I've never been hungry in my life. Not one day have I ever been hungry, hungry in my life mm. because of my dad and my mom and, and the work I do. And so I think this is what drives the sight of some 12-year-old white kid in some upper-middle-class suburban neighborhood, you know, doing the whole gang sign thing and, and trying to get the whole cadence down. I know it looks ridiculous, and, and, it, and it does. Although I've got a couple of Eminem tunes on my, on my iPhone, <laughs> too, and that boy, that boy knows what he's doing. Mm. Um, that, that Moby smash. <laughs> It's just awesome in, in, uh, without me. Anyway, um, I guess my point is this. When you have a society that creates a great deal of prosperity and a great deal of security, young people especially who are in that stage of rebellion, which is appropriate at that age, are looking for something sharp and pointy and loud. Mm. And, and music has, has traditionally been that. But watching... Watching these, these, you know, like watching DJ Jazzy Trevor trying to, you know, lay down some fat beats, man. I look at this and I think this is because it is perceived to be the only thing left that's authentic in the society. Mm. There is no... There is no lofty higher goals. You know, you know these 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 hip hop songs that these that, that kids today, you know, their music's just noise. But the, but the songs and and the lyrics and the and the gestures and everything that they're emulating mm -hmm. are not about anything, and they're and they're not happy tunes, man. Yeah. Um, I grew up in the most boring decade in American history. I grew up in the seventies, where Debbie, <laughs> Debbie. Boone's You Light Up My Life was the number one rock and roll song in the country. That's, that's how boring the 70s were. But I think over time, if people think that somehow in order for it to be real, it can't possibly be about anything good or noble. And I, I don't want to oversell this because I really want to hear what you have to say about this, but I saw this. I love it. It's this, it's this black guy with his girlfriend. It was on TikTok. Mm. And they're lying together, and she's like, you know, it's like stroking his hair, and she goes, "I love you," and he goes, "I love you too, baby. I love you too. The whole world to me." And looks like, this. "But you're recording this?" <laughs> and gets up like this, and God, damn, bitch, you know, and he starts, he just immediately goes right into it. You know what I mean? And 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 I've seen this many times, and so it's a sense that, well, no, we can't possibly, you know. I can't. I can't get rid of being. You know, I, I got to be hard. I got to be. I got to be hard. I got to be spiky, mm. uh, and I and I got to be taking no crap from anybody. And music and the culture just go round each other, right? The culture drives what the musicians write. The musicians write something that plays that drives the culture, and it doesn't seem to be going in a real good place. Man, and that's that's a. Uh... 
for a long time, we've kind of been uh, in this state of negativity is the affirmation of reality. We want to keep it real in order for it's you well to, said. Yeah, yeah, and for, for it to be real, it's got to be negative and stuff like that. And, and, and I want to say really quick, man, thank God for Earth, Wind, and Fire, because Earth, Wind, and Fire helped to redeem the 70s, man. So there's some, there was some. Oh, no, no, absolutely, man. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, because I, I really like to say, I love 70s music, but yeah, there were some moments in the 70s like, I, gotta, I, I just got to, I just got to jump in with this. Uh, I, I deeply apologize, <laughs> but I spent, uh, I spent 20 years as an editor. And the best single cut I ever made in my life of all the things I ever cut, I've cut hundreds of shows. Mm. The best single ever edit I ever made was on this guy who was a, like a like uh, he was like a collector of everything bananas or something. Mm. It was like a banana museum, and we we, we I decided to use Strawberry Letter Twenty Three mm. from the Brothers Johnson, yeah. and I've got and it's and if you, I'm gonna be with my. Baby, right there on that note, and it, and this guy's spinning around, and right on that note, it just goes into slow motion. Sweet. And I just thought, oh God, that is fantastic. Yes. I didn't. I'm sorry to cut you off, man. I just had to get that out of my system. It came up real hard. Yes. Hey, you know the '70s. It had music that does stuff like that, T man. I I love '70s music, but I hear you though. Some some stuff from the '70s, like yeah, yeah. Let me get some crackers for that cheese. Um, but <laughs> but you know, with the music, it's once again, man. You know, and that's. One of the things that that's been a big part of my stick for a long time is that I know the the power of music, and I think that's something that's been you know sadly overlooked for those who want like political representation, mostly from a conservative point of view. It's like, well, you got to be able to sell that in a culture. You have to have a cultural representation. It's got to be solid. Mm-hmm. If you don't, your political representation is going to be unstable. It, it won't hold up. And how do you do that? You can't de- be dependent on a politician to stick to to sell it and uphold it for you. We got to do our part too. We have to show that this is valuable in the culture. Well, in the culture, it's not valued. What's valued is a get wild, live out loud, be loose and all that sort of stuff. That is what's sold. That's why you can have somebody like Joe Biden who's able to steal the election. That's why you're able to have somebody like Bernie Sanders. He's like, these are these are the people that they claim to hate. They claim to hate these communist, communist millionaires. Right. Yeah. They're, they're privileged, rich white people. You guys claim to hate these people. But what they represent has been sold in the culture. That's why they that's were able it, to get as man. far as that. So that's why I'm trying, I've been trying to tell, you know, conservatives for a long time, support this, support this. You have to have a defense mechanism in the culture and a, and a vehicle out there that goes out there and sells this for you. And music is one of the most powerful tools. I know like a lot of conservatives, like I'm not, I'm not a big rap music fan. I'm a drummer, I like rhythm, but I don't like, when you say rap, rap is actually an acronym. It means rhythm and poetry. That's that's what it stands for. That's uh, another thing I didn't yeah. know until just this second, man. I get a, I, we really, really should be charging. You <laughs> make a note of that. Yeah, but the thing is, and, and you know, a lot of conservatives can actually appreciate rap music, but it's the content that has messed it up for a lot of people. That's why they don't like it. You know, it, 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 you have a lot of conservatives who are in the military, and their first really tr- when you get down to it. That's where rap was really introduced. We called them cadences. That's how they kept them in step. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. had a very, it was a utility to it. Like sometimes people. Yeah, I don't know, but I've been told. Exactly. That's, you know, that's rap music when you get down to it. Um, like people would wonder why, you know, like when I do my videos, it's like, Zoe, why do you carry your drumsticks in when you do your commentary? What do your drumsticks have to do with that? Well, that's because drummers were the ones who were sent into the battlefield to, to give orders and give instructions. That's exactly right. <laughs> over the noise of war. 
war. Well, right now we've got a noisy political war. That's why I have my drumsticks because I'm trying to help beat the drum of truth out there. That's why I do it. That's why I got my drums behind me, man. So I'm trying to let folks know that's why I do this. It's not because, hey, I'm into rock and roll. See, I have music. I want people to know that music is a very powerful vehicle and it should be supported so we can get these things out there in the culture, not just wait for a politician to do it because people are constantly getting disappointed. Yeah, last last time around on this topic, because what you're talking about with music and, and, and my introduction was how it connects directly to emotion. And uh, conservatives traditionally have not only been terrible at using emotion to connect, they think there's something dirty about mm-hmm. it, there's something shameful about mm. it. And I think I know where this comes from. Uh, rational people can see emotional manipulation, right? Just plain lying to people through emotion. And so we tend to think that, well, since we see all the damage that this appeal to emotionality does, mm-hmm. then we don't want anything to do with emotionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a big, 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 big mistake. Yes. Big mistake. Mm. I saw, um, several years ago, I saw the Michael Jackson show uh, in Las Vegas, the Cirque du Soleil Michael Jackson show. And there was a moment towards the middle of it where you're, 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 focuses on the stage, obviously, and you don't notice what's going on on the sides. And then all of a sudden, everything switches, and there's a number, probably four or five guys dressed up like Michael Jackson in uh, Beat It, I think. And they start moonwalking up the walls. They start moonwalking backwards up the walls, three or four on each side. And I looked at this, I thought, my God, that's fantastic. The whole show started with somebody coming in on like a like a moon, you know, flying over the audience. I'm watching these guys going up the walls and I'm like, breathtaking. And then instantly, like instantly, I start thinking, okay, so how do they do this? Uh, okay, I got it. Yeah, they got they got uh, computer-controlled, very thin wires. They must be wearing a harness somewhere around their waist, something like this. They have some kind of hole in the back of their jacket. So they're being winched up and the computer's raising and lowering them and they're matching them. And so I'm trying to break down Mentally, I'm trying to find the practical, rational, intellectual explanation for what I'm seeing. And I realize this is the curse of the conservatives, mm-hmm. is that we, when I came out of that, I said, my job is to help conservatives not see the wires. Mm-hmm. No one else looks for the wires. People just enjoy it. That's why it's there. It's what artists is doing. There's a combination of incredible talent to make this effect, this breathtaking effect. And, and for so many of us, we want to immediately just, and I don't mean deconstruct it in the political sense, we want to, we want to disassemble it. Mm. How did this work, you know? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I got this. Yeah, yeah, that's done. And when we do that, we're cutting ourselves off from the experience of it, the emotional experience, and we're further um, conditioning ourselves to think that there has to be some kind of a rational explanation for everything and that we can't just let the thing go and, and work on an emotional level, which is the only level that really matters because people don't vote how they think, they vote how they feel. Mm-hmm. And we have a very hard time doing that. Indeed. And, you know, that's I think that's just part of the personality matrix. You know, it's like as conservatives, you know, we're conservatives because we're wired a certain way. And and part of that wiring is practicality, whereas opposed to a liberal, their wiring is for for imagination. And it's it's that point of being able to suspend disbelief, you know, uh, where it's like, uh, you know, we don't want to be fooled. 
You know, and we don't want other people to be fooled. No, that's right. You know? That's right. We don't want to lie through emotions. Right. So we don't use emotions at all. You know, so and, and, and that and just like you said, man, that's that's not a good plan. You have to if we're, if we're as practical as we think we are, then we should know that there has to be a practical approach to be able to lock in with people. Sometimes you do catch people's imaginations. You want to catch that. And then when you have that attention, you lock in with it. And then you convey the truth to them, as opposed to liberals who just use imagination to convey lies. But, you know, with with conservatives, you know, there should be there needs to be a support for this. And the more people support it, the bigger the market will get. There should there should be a show of that. This is what people want in the marketplace. You got we have to sell it. You know, you gotta yes. be able to sell it, and and it's gotta be good. It's gotta, and be, it's gotta good. be made. Yes. It's gotta be made for the not. It's gotta be made for the non-choir. And a mm-hmm. lot of times, conservatives say, "Well, that doesn't sound like something I'd like to hear sung in church." And my response is, "The people in church mm-hmm. aren't the problem. It's the people who aren't in right. church that are the problem." Yes. Those are the people we have to go get and get some authenticity for. Amen, man. That's that's exactly right. You know, you gotta be able to to uh, not change your principles. You got to change how it's delivered. Some like like say for instance with uh, with my group, I play in a heavy metal. You know, my mo- mo- music is most hit. I know that's not everybody's particular taste. It's the message that's that you want. That, that's that's the concern. But when you support it, it gives like one thing that I, I and I probably I, I think I speak for both of us. One thing that we want to be able to do is scout. You want to be able to scout talent. You want to be able to yep. say, hey, now this person I can work with from this angle. Right. This person's got the goods. We can expand on what kind of music that we do. But one of the reasons why it's difficult for like even a lot of conservatives, we hear about a lot of conservatives in Hollywood and stuff like that. But a lot of conservatives in Hollywood, they want to have a career. And I understand the whole principle is, hey, it should be worth more than the money. I get it, too. It's like, look, man, if you don't come out, you're not going to just lose your career. We're going to lose our country. So you need to speak up. You need to step up. But there is a balance to where it's like, well, these people should have should feel like there's a sense of recourse. What's going to happen if I step out? Who's going to? Yeah, ha- where are they going to go? Yeah, where are we going to go? Mean, what are they going to? Where are they going to go? Where are they going to go record yeah, where, the music that's going to change the country? Where's the market for us? Where's where's the backup? Where's the recourse for us to do these things? Because there are artists to be able to work in, to expand the genre. Say, okay, well, if you don't like this kind of music, I can work with this artist, and we can make this. We can produce this album go, and stuff like that. But when the support is limited. Then the, the, or when the demand is limited, the supply is going to be limited. So something's got to give to where we can make these things and sell more of it in different ways to appeal to more tastes and stuff like that, but keep the message the same. Hey, man, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. Mm. I really don't. But do you, do you have your sticks handy? I got... What kind of drummer did I be if I didn't? Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I was just going to say, man, if it's not too much trouble for you, why don't you unclip the mic and uh, and drum us out of here and I'll just do the clothes. Give it, go, go show off. Oh, wow. Would you mind uh, for me? Okay. Uh, wow, man. No, thank no, you. On, man. Okay. No, no. Thank you. <laughs> While uh, Zoe is getting uh, into position here, right. ladies and gentlemen, uh, the Virtue Signals brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. Uh, and uh, we had a big membership drive early in the year, and that's what allowed us to bring Zoe into this uh, into this situation. So now I get to do something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and that's just listen to this guy just really play. And I'm going to let this show run just a little bit longer and, uh, and, and show you the power of this fully armed and operational Zoe station.
That's our man. We'll see you next time right here on The Virtue Signal. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in for some Sledge Covers, where I put a sledge edge on songs from back in the day, particularly from the 70s and the 80s. Bell bottoms to parachute pants, baby. If you dig what you hear, you can download all these songs for free, or drop a buck in a guitar case if you like. I wouldn't mind that. You can also check out original 20-pound Sledge Jams, too. You can also download all those for free, or make a donation. Thank you so much for supporting. Links are in the description field. Sledge on!
step down and hit What you doing? Where you be able to fit? Stop, you don't want to quit What you doing? Where you be able to fit? Stop, step down and hit What you doing? Where you be able to fit? Stop, you don't want to quit Put your hands where you're feeling it
Yeah.
kind of silly singing the quad dilly quad quad parts really yeah actually you know it's really silly man what you in here talking to yourself and posting it online and playing with yourself too i play the instruments myself don't get it twisted pervert i know you are but what am i i give you a hint i'm you there's something wrong with you there's something wrong with you want to get back to that silly sing along hmm Dad, did he 
Adiós.